Support for Kansas City Today comes from Cleveland University, Kansas City. From its roots as a chiropractic college to new degree programs in health sciences, CUKC is educating healthcare professionals focused on next-level health. Learn more at cleveland.edu slash impact. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Ujia-Dean. Today is Friday, August 26th. Coming up, we'll take a look at why a new voter ID law in Missouri is facing multiple legal challenges. But first, some headlines. Kansas City officials made a commitment yesterday to be carbon neutral by 2040. The city council passed the Climate Protection and Resiliency Plan in an 11 to 1 vote. Robin Ganahl, chair of the Climate Protection Steering Committee, said the group is beginning work on the plan's short-term goals, like decommissioning Avergy's Hawthorne Coal Power Plant in northeast Kansas City, increasing the tree canopy, and creating more bike lanes. We're just really, really excited to have gotten to this day. We have so much work that we want to get started on, and now now we have the green light to do that. Ganahl said the committee will work with the state to secure federal funding for the plan from the Inflation Reduction Act. The companies that run state-owned casinos in Kansas say they're ready to open up sports betting during prime gambling season. KCUR's Rachel Schnelli reports. Lawmakers legalized sports betting this spring. Governor Laura Kelly recently issued regulations for in-person and online betting. Sports gambling website owner Max Bischel said that's just in time for when bettors tend to wager the most, the upcoming NFL and college basketball seasons. Being able to be open for the first week of the NFL is by far the most important gate to get through for the sports betting industry as a whole. The state lottery expects sports betting to go live at noon, September 1st. Kansas prisons are seeing fewer staff vacancies after recent pay increases, but there are still hundreds of unfilled positions. Democratic Governor Laura Kelly increased pay last year, and lawmakers later approved more raises. Corrections Secretary Jeff Zamuda told a legislative committee yesterday that prisons were on pace to have 700 staff vacancies, but the raises helped bring that down to about 400. They tell me that the pay plan has helped with retention. It's helped them make that decision to stay with us. Zamuda says recruitment remains an issue, and the department has been spending more on job postings to attract workers. A new law regarding voting is set to take effect on Monday, but it's facing multiple legal challenges from voting rights groups. This week, the Missouri chapters of the NAACP and the League of Women Voters sued over two parts of the law, one that bans soliciting absentee ballot applications, and another that requires someone to register with the state if they help more than 10 people register to vote. And the Missouri ACLU and the Missouri Voter Protection Coalition sued over a third part of the law that requires a government-issued photo ID to vote. If those lawsuits are successful, they could block the law from taking effect. Jason Rosenbaum is a politics reporter for St. Louis Public Radio. He's been covering this issue for years, and he told me this law is just the latest effort to combat voter fraud in Missouri. So how would this law change voting in Missouri? So what it would basically do is that if you are going to a polling place, you would have to show somebody a government-issued photo ID in order to vote. And if you don't have that for some reason, you would be able to cast a provisional ballot. Uh, Before this law went uh, through the legislature this year, You could show other forms of identification besides a government-issued photo ID, and that had been kind of the case for many years in Missouri. But 
because this bill passed and was signed into law, you will need a government-issued photo ID in order to vote. So who is behind this law and why did they support it? Republicans in Missouri are primarily behind this law. This has been a major priority, particularly for Missouri Republican legislators, probably since I started covering Missouri politics in 2006. Their argument for passing this is that it provides assurance to voters and I guess by extension election officials that the people coming to the polls are who they say they are. This has been something that has been done in many states, particularly states with Republican legislatures and Republican chief executives. And it is it is part of like a national trend that Republicans writ large have been pushing for, for many, many years. And this was finally the year that they're hoping that they can actually succeed in this goal because it's been a really, really long process to get to this point. So why do voting rights advocates oppose this law? They believe that requiring somebody to get a government-issued photo ID, even if they're the, the proponents of this say, like, you can end up getting this type of thing for free, it, it is a burdensome process. And so for people that are poor, people that don't have access to transportation, people that may be disabled or may be elderly, the process of actually getting a photo ID will be really challenging. And if they can't get it done by the time they go to the polls, like under this bill, they would be able to cast a provisional ballot. But provisional ballots don't necessarily guarantee that your vote will actually be counted. So I think that's been the main argument, that it discriminates against people that have a difficult time of getting a government-issued photo ID. And you said this had sort of been a long time coming for Republicans in Missouri. I'm guessing this isn't the first effort to pass a law like this. Oh, no. I started covering Missouri politics in 2006. And they, they did pass a, a photo ID law then. But what happened was there was a lawsuit that was successful. And it basically resulted in an opinion that said the Missouri legislature and a governor cannot implement a, a government-issued photo ID requirement unless the Constitution is amended to explicitly give the legislature the ability to pass that law. And the constitutional amendment was not passed until 2016. So there was like a 10-year period where Republicans were agitating for this law agitating for a constitutional amendment to be placed before voters so a law could be passed. But there was no breakthrough until 2016. And that constitutional amendment passed overwhelmingly. And there was a statute that was passed at the same time as that constitutional amendment that went that it had a provision in it that said it would go into effect if the constitutional amendment passed. But what happened with that particular law, as I kind of mentioned on the outset, is there was a provision that would allow somebody who did not have a government-issued photo ID to sign an affidavit saying that they are who they are. And that was litigated, and a court threw that requirement out and effectively reverted back to where Missouri was before 2016. And my understanding from following this issue over the last couple of years 
is there have been efforts to kind of rectify the legal problem that kind of came about in the 2018 decision. I think it was a 2018 decision by a circuit court that ended up where we are now. And uh, it hasn't stopped the litigation, obviously. But I think that Republicans that really support this law are, are, are pretty confident that it may stick. But obviously, the voting rights groups and, and people that dislike this particular law disagree with that assessment. So what kind of legal challenges has this most recent law faced? It's facing legal challenges on multiple fronts. Earlier this week, there was a lawsuit on the government-issued photo ID requirement itself. But there's also been lawsuits against other provisions in the bills. For example, this law prohibits soliciting a voter into obtaining an absentee ballot application. Um, there, there's also like a provision that says that anyone who assists with more than 10 voter registration applications, they have to register with the state or they could face uh, penalties. And they, And I think that the overall argument of these lawsuits is that this particular bill uh, makes just the entire process of voting and the entire process of, of trying to get to the point where you can vote just too onerous. And I, I'm not surprised that there's a lawsuit, given that this is really kind of like a dividing line issue between Republicans that like these type of provisions and Democrats who do not like these provisions. And I, I think that both sides agree that this was always going to be settled in a courtroom. And because the election is coming up relatively shortly, it would not surprise me if there is added pressure for a judge to decide on the validity of the provisions in this bill relatively quickly. So how prevalent is voter fraud in Missouri? If I was being sarcastic, um, which I guess I'm about to since I used that prompt, uh, the most common example of voter dishonesty really hasn't been proven to be with somebody showing up to the polls and saying they're somebody and they're somebody else. I think that the most prevalent one is that somebody goes and requests an absentee ballot and says they're going to be out of town and then they're not. But the reality is, and, I've, and this is not an opinion that is based off of my feelings. This is based off of talking to Republican and Democratic election officials there is absolutely no way for local election officials to prove that somebody wasn't out of town when they said that they were. So I think that that is kind of why a lot of election officials have wanted to get rid of the excuse-based system that uh, Missouri has just because it doesn't work and it's unenforceable. That was St. Louis Public Radio politics reporter Jason Rosenbaum. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love, Trevor Grandin, and KCUR Studios. It's edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read our coverage of Missouri's new voter ID law, visit kcur.org, where you can find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station. On Monday, we'll take a closer look at the new sports betting program in Kansas. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon. Hey. 
Hey, do you like Kansas City Barbecue? You should join KCUR's podcast, A People's History of Kansas City, on September 1st for a behind-the-scenes look at our episode about Kansas City's Barbecue King. His food had an aroma that stayed with you, and that's what made them want to come back to him. Tickets are at kcur.org events.